Hello, and welcome to Being True to You. I'm your host, Lene St. John, and today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Moni Tannery. She is a life coach and a motivational speaker, and she's a dynamic professional. She's passionate about women empowerment and is known for her determination. Like I said, she is a life coach, a motivational speaker, and she is a freelance writer. Her work has been featured on Yahoo. She is also a registered nurse and a single mother of six, which I don't even know how she does that. But she is a domestic violence survivor. She escaped a violent relationship safely with her children. This experience led to her finding a deeper connection with God and ultimately responding to her call, helping other women overcome obstacles. She is the founder of Renewed View Coaching Services, a full-service life coaching company that provides support for people with managing work-life balance, time management, self-improvement, and any obstacle that life may present. Additionally, she is currently in medical school, pursuing her doctorate in medicine, and her topic today is the, excuse me, the authority of perception. Please help me welcome my guest, Monique Henry. Hi, Monique. How are you? Hi, Lene. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you do everything you do with six kids and all the other things. You blow my mind, girl. Exactly. I don't know how I do it either. I guess it's that authority of perception that I talked about or that I'll be talking about uh, with, your, with your audience. It's, awesome. it's about how you look at things and, and just kind of moving forward out of life's uh, obstacles, you know. That's, yeah, that's yeah. That's essentially. Well, tell me all I about see. it. Tell me, tell me how you got into it. Tell me about, um, I guess you have the acronym for perception, and I'd like to hear what the acronym stands for and how you got into being, um, having this wise thing about perception and becoming a life coach? Well, it started a few years back um, being in a domestic violence relationship. It stirs something up in you. It makes you realize that there's more to life. When you are in it, you're trying to help someone or so that's what your perception is, is that you're helping your abuser when in all actuality you're damaging yourself. So being in that situation, I think that awoken, uh, it gave me an awakening as, as um, to who I am and what my purpose is. And I also was able to reflect on even that situation and realize that my perception was skewed. So getting out of it as, as I exited and, and felt at peace with exiting the relationship and, and protecting myself and my children it just really forced me to reflect on myself and reflect on the things that I did that was healthy and the things that were unhealthy. And it's a reality check. It's a wake-up call. Um, and from that, it's been a series of different events, lots of prayer, lots of me and God time, gave me a different view on life. It just gave me a different view on who I am, what my purpose is, and here I am now. They, they, um, they, they say all the time, oh, my, how do you do it? Six children, how on earth do you do it? Only by God's grace. That's the only reason why I'm able to do it. So I have 
long-term goals in place, short-term goals in place, and I'm living in my purpose. And that gives me the balance that I need to be a great mom to my children and to be able to support others as they go through life and try to find that fine balance. So that's, that's essentially how I got, yeah, how I got to be, be um, at the level or at the place that I'm at right now. That's amazing. I had two kids, and I was in a domestic violence situation, and I thought two kids was enough to deal with. You know, I'm like, my goodness, I really give you a lot of respect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So tell tell me about this section section acronym. Okay, so perception, let me just first start out by saying my role as a life coach um, is to help others to live a more fulfilling life. It's to ask the tough questions that your friends and family don't ask on generally, even if they get off the phone and they're wondering, hmm, was that really right? They generally don't want to ask because they're afraid to offend you or afraid to stir something up in you. As a life coach, that is essentially my job. So one of the things that I look at when people say life coaching, well, what exactly is that? Um, athletes, athletes are a good example. They have a coach, right? Right. And you see how their performances, they do really good. They, their kinesthetics are on point. They can catch the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, whatever it is that they're doing in whatever sport, they all have a coach. Well, a life coach does the same thing for your life. It's to propel you and push you and to challenge you to get to a higher place or to get you to be at that fulfilling place, to, to identify barriers and things of that nature that may prevent you from getting to your destiny. So to the acronym now, perception, we all have authority. As humans, we have authority, but our authority tied in and rooted deep within our perception, our views, how we see the world and the different things that we have experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on the strength of your perception. Everything that you do depends depends on your strength of your perception. So if you have a weak perception, then your outcome is going to be weak. If you have a strong perception, your outcome is going to be strong. So I developed this model to help define the authority of our perception as humans. It's it's going to present more questions than anything else so that it forces you to reflect on yourself as an individual. So let's let's start with the P. The P is purpose. In looking at your purpose, you have, to, you have to recognize that each one of us all, we are all given a purpose. We all have a purpose. Now, in order to find your purpose, you have to connect with your inner being. To connect with your inner being, you have to have some self-reflection. You have to be able to um, have some perspective on self, and you have to truly be honest with yourself. You have to ask yourself those tough questions, and you have to answer the tough questions. So. What is your life's purpose? What, why are we here? What are we here to do? After you reflect on, uh, on yourself and you ask yourself those tough questions, the, the thing that you have to look at is, are you willing to make the changes necessary in order to live in your true purpose? What are your positive and negative characteristics? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. 
no, what are your positive and negative characteristics, and how do they play into your purpose? So that is the P. Okay. Now, one of the things that, that I reflect on in talking about purpose is being in a job. I, and like you said, I am a registered nurse, but I've had to leave my nursing career in pursuit of, of course, my education, first and foremost, but also just based on some different experiences I had. And that was, a, that was also a catalyst in throwing me into the role as a life coach. It, it, you know, it was a negative experience that I had. No one was hurt. It was something that I thought that the organization would have my back on. Yes, eventually it came out that I was not at fault, but it just, it just did not, it did not feel like I was working in my purpose. I was helping the sick. I, I get that part of it, but there was just something missing. There was something missing in what I was doing as a nurse. And it was my purpose. So here I am as a life coach now. I can see how I can help others. I can see how what I have to offer others can be beneficial to them. And ultimately, I'm the one that have, you know, that has that can protect me best. And also, God can protect me best. So that was one of the things that helped me, helped push me into my purpose is having a conflict on the job. That resulted in me making some major decisions and to actually getting comfortable in what my purpose is. Wonderful. Okay. Now, as far as E is concerned, we talk about expectations. When we reflect on our lives, we're supposed to look at what do we expect out of life? Do we have expectations uh, of others or the expectations of ourselves? And who is it that we're expecting things or satisfaction from? Are they capable of delivering that for you? Um, do you have to change your source to something more reliable that's going to meet your expectations, maybe to a higher being, a higher power, because that's a part of the domestic violence cycle. People who are caught in that cycle, they tend to have an expectation of a relationship or of another individual that is unmet and back and forth. It's like playing ping pong back and forth. It goes in a very unhealthy relationship. Right. So you have to analyze what, what your expectations are. Right. That makes sense. I'm not sure if you know, but I was a victim. Uh, excuse me. I am a survivor of domestic violence, and I actually used to teach abused women how to have more self-empowerment, and I even taught parents how to have better parenting skills. So um, I know all about the ping pong. <laughs> it's called the insanity mm -hmm. cycle. <laughs> right. Definitely the insanity right. cycle. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're a survivor and I'm able to talk with you and that you can under fully fully grasp that concept of, of expectations yeah. and, and getting out of the ping pong cycle. Yes. And I have to I have to tell you and tell the audience too, I learned a long time ago that expectations are quote premeditated resentment, unquote. Hmm. Because when you have expectations of other people and they don't live up to it, it causes you resentment sometimes. Right. 
So I just learn not to have expectations of anybody, that I just take them as they are, and I have the choice, my own empowerment, my own mind, my own determination to decide if I'm going to stay with that situation or get out of it or deal with that person or get away from them. Right. And the exactly. Only, the only expectation, excuse me, the only expectations I have of myself basically is to do the best I can in everything I do. That's the only expectation I have of myself and I don't have expectations of other people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you have choices. You you have enough intelligence, enough wisdom, enough empowerment to decide if you're going to stay in that situation or stay around that person. That is correct. And we also have that responsibility of protecting ourselves as well. And and that's something that it it falls by the wayside, Lene. Our our um, as little from since we're little girls, we're not we're not exactly taught to protect ourselves in the way that we should. So that is also another important thing to remember in expectations is you your expectation or your only expectation of others is for them to respect your boundaries. Right. Right. And you you find out being a um, survivor of domestic violence, they don't respect your boundaries. But we also teach people how to treat us. So if we don't respect ourselves and we don't create boundaries for people to respect, then obviously we're teaching them how to treat us really poorly because we don't teach them that we have boundaries. We don't even know what boundaries are until we go through this kind of stuff and learn how to overcome this stuff. But when we're little girls, like you said, a lot of us are not taught boundaries. So we don't know how to get other people to respect us. That is correct. Absolutely. I strongly agree with you. That is very correct. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot in common, girl. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do, Lene. Oh, my. Yes, we do. I guess we. after this discussion, we definitely will have to talk more. We're, yes, now, we're going to meet in person someday. <clears throat> absolutely. We're going to meet in person someday. So, yeah. A- absolutely. That's so, great. Yeah, and looking at, and looking at the um, R in perception, we're looking we're looking at your reasoning because sometimes we can be unrealistic about things so you have people and this is just an example who expects to win the lotto and that's the way they're going to uh, make their wealth they fail to plan and so they go and they buy a lottery ticket because that is the only way that they're going to be wealthy is that really reasonable no right and so, therefore, your outcome, if your reasoning isn't a realistic reasoning, if you're not being reasonable in what you expect out of life, then you're not working in your authority, in your perception. And you, you have to adjust that view so that you can work in your authority. So your perception must align with reality. It must align with reality. You also see. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I? No, go ahead. A question. (laughs) Oh, sure. Just need a question. Is in your perception, is the word authority the same thing as self empowerment? The word authority is the same thing as self empowerment. Yes. 
Absolutely. 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 It's taking, taking responsibility for yourself. It's, it's creating those healthy boundaries for yourself, creating goals for yourself and moving forward with yourself so that you can accomplish whatever it is that's your purpose or whatever it is that you desire. Right. And I'm going to get down to that desire part, too, in just a second, because that is addressed in perception as well. Okay. So another, another thing with reasoning is you have to take a look at if you're rationalizing irrational behavior. If you're spending time rationalizing things that are irrational, you're not working in your authority or in your self-empowerment. You have to be able to be reasonable. You have to be able to reason. You have to have reasonable expectations as well. Right. So that's very important. Now, the C in, in perception is your consciousness, your consciousness. Are you fully aware of who you are? You have to be conscious of who you are, what's in your environment, what it is that you, you have the um, authority, and I, excuse me for overusing the word, but what you have the authority to change and change only those things that you can and move away from the things that you can't change. You know, in being conscious, you have to reflect on traumatic or painful life experiences. Has it caused you to be numb or has it thrown you into a place of, no, I'm going to make sure that I do better next go around. I'm going to make sure that I avoid going through such a traumatic experience next go around. Another thing with consciousness is gossip. Do you spend too much time gossiping? If you're gossiping, it's because you're avoiding yourself for many reasons. Get rid of the gossiping and focus on yourself. Put down the newspaper. Put down the gossip articles about these celebrities and take time to get more conscious and connect with your inner being so that you get to know who you are. This is very important. This is a very, very important thing because we are bombarded by the media. We are bombarded by others. We are bombarded by certain negative thoughts that we may have. And then what what do we want to do? We want to go to others and we want to gossip about it. But that takes away from your time to self-reflect and for you to focus and for you to work in your purpose. Right. So you have to be – go ahead. Go ahead, Lene. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm listening. Um, I was just saying, you know, people who – who are afraid to go within it's because they're afraid to look at who they truly are there's so much um damage to their their psyche and to their spirit you know that they're afraid to go be still and go inside and look at who they are and so they do the gossip and they do you know they talk about other people just so that they don't have to deal with themselves exactly exactly so now they're they're functioning in in a place of dull consciousness. They're not fully conscious of their environment, of what's going on around them, because their focus is elsewhere. But it's okay to look within. It's okay to get spiritually connected. Everyone has their things that they work on, that they have to work on. They have their faults, their experiences that they have to work on. For those people who find themselves in that gossiping circle, guess what? Reflecting on yourself, 
and discovering negative things is not a bad thing because you can take those negative things and you can turn it right around into something positive. You can take those negative, things, those negative, negative experiences and turn around and help someone. You may even save someone life, someone's life if you share some of the things that you're experiencing on the inside. Right, right. That's true. So, so, so it I, brings I me to interrupt you. So. No, that's perfectly fine. No, no, no. Let's please. It's a conversation. Granted, I am sharing the the acronym that I've developed, but it's important that that we have this conversation. And it's not an interruption. Feel free to interject. If there's a thought that you have, a question that you have, feel free to interject, Lene. Okay. Thank you. So it brings no problem. It brings us to the next letter, the E. You mentioned it. You actually touched on it, and I'm glad that you tied it right into the next letter, your existence, your spirituality. This is very important. This is a very important uh, letter because when you look at your authority, of the authority of your perception, you have to understand where your authority comes from where your empowerment comes from. You have, to, you have to be able to recognize that within yourself. Now, I'm not here to push any religion. I'm just here to say that in reflecting on self and reflecting on you from a spiritual standpoint, you have to find out who is your higher authority, who is your higher source of authority, who is it that you go to, who is it that you pray to. You have to tap into that. You have to understand who is responsible for your existence. You have to understand why you're here. And that will lead you right back into your purpose. That will lead you right back into why it is that you experienced the things that you did in life. It will bring you right back into being comfortable with who you are and with changing your perception because Quite frankly, this world is kind of heavy to carry on our shoulders. So why not give it over to the authority to take the burden over so that we can optimize our gifts and share it with others. So whatever it is that, that you focus on as your higher being, it's important to maintain and to nurture your spiritual side because your existence is important. You're here for a reason. Right. Right. Very good. I think I like that that letter the best so far. <laughs> I, I think that's my favorite letter. There we go. There we go. Something else in common, Lene. <laughs> Girl, I love you. You're a sister from another mother. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you. I love you too, girl. And so now we're going down to positivity. Here we go. We're infusing each other with positivity right now. See? It all ties together. It all ties yes. together. Yes. Are you generally a positive or a negative person? And you have to ask both questions because it is a double-sided question. Are you generally a negative person or a positive person? Do you generally, generally see certain things as negative and certain things as positive? What is it that you have to work on? And why is it that you view the things that you do? Because I'm going to, I'm going to challenge Lene to give me one of the most painful situations that you can come up with. And I'm going to show you how that can be turned into something positive. Lene, can you okay. think of any, just, just anything that would traumatize someone 
and let's see. Let's let's turn it into something positive. Yes. Um, uh, Well, I'm going to use my own life. And for those that know me and have listened to my shows, they probably already know this. So, and I know what the positive was that came out of it, but I'm going to give it to you because you don't know this. Um, Okay. um, Let's see. In 1984, my ex-husband literally almost beat me to death in front of my children. Mm-hmm. And so that's the most traumatic thing I've ever gone through. So he almost beat you to death in front of your children. Yeah. Now, was that and well, let me not let me not ask that question. Let me turn it into something positive first and then I'm going to have a question for you. But the positive that can come out of that situation is this. That can be the moment that you woke up and knew that it was time to get out of there. And it was time to start protecting yourself. The positive in that is that you are here to share it with someone else who is, well, there are many people out there, men and women alike, who are in situations similar to yours, that you may be a voice to help them, to show them that there is hope. The positive in that situation is for you to be able to look at that situation and for you to teach your children that this is not the way to function in life and be healthy, that it is not acceptable for anyone to treat you that way. This is a, that, was, that experience could be used to teach your little girl, your little boy, I'm not sure what type of children you have, Lene, how to set healthy boundaries for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the positive that I can pull out of that situation. The positive is that you can cherish life now and that you can value yourself differently because he brought you to the brink of death and you rebounded and you're back here now doing such a great thing for others. Well, thank you. That's the reason, part, a big reason why I became a life coach myself and a motivational speaker. So, yeah, we have that in common as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So in, in, in using Lene's uh, life as an example, the whole purpose of me challenging her in that way is to show the audience that, you can take any negative situation, and in it, there is a diamond in the rough. You can turn it into something positive. You don't have to wallow in the negative things that has happened in your life or negative things that has happened to you, whether it's abuse or violence or and whether it's a car accident or maybe you're financially broke. It does not have to be negative. Look further. Look for that diamond in the rough because there is positivity in everything. So the P for positivity is for you to take the negative side of what you, how you may view things and turn it into positive. And that will turn your life around completely. It is a game changer. It changes your life completely. Right. Right. Now, didn't you say that you were going to ask me what was the most traumatic thing and then you were going to ask me another question after that, I think? Oh, absolutely. Did I hit it? Yes, yes, I did. And thank you for thank you for pulling me back in. I'm so excited about perception. (laughs) I'm moving on. (laughs) My question is, did I did I nail those things that that we talked about, Lene? Or what else positive did you get out of that experience? Oh my gosh, I have I have so much more compassion for people and I have so much more empathy for people. 
and I have like a burning desire to be a positive impact on other people's lives because of that. I wouldn't want anybody to go through that kind of situation, and yet there's somebody um, that is pretty close to me that I love who is going through and has gone through the same thing, and I'm just doing everything I can to help her. And, you know, I was thrilled when I got to be the the facilitator for the support group uh, for women that were being abused by their husbands, and I was doing that while I was married to my abusive husband. It was the last year we were married, and I did it for the entire year and beyond our divorce. And these women were like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, you came into my life, you know, because I had one of them call me at 2 o'clock in the morning like three times a week, and she would just be venting and crying. And, you know, I, I, I helped her get her life together. So it makes you makes me feel that I'm – that I am fulfilling my purpose because that's what I came here for. Exactly. So that negative situation turned out to be a blessing, not just to Lene, but it turned out to be a blessing to many people, including the people who are listening to you today. And it's all about the way you viewed it. You could have, you could have some women who have been beat practically to death, they give up, Lene. You were very, very, very strong. A lot of them commit suicide. A lot of them just don't make it out. You are very strong to be here and to be able to play that role and to function as that person for those women and for the listeners right now. So that is awesome. So any negative situation, is it fair to say it can be turned to positive? I know it is because in this life, the whole purpose of coming to this earth is to see both sides of everything. There is always a positive for a negative. There's always an up for a down. There's always a light for the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, so there always is opposite. So there will always, always be a positive in every single thing that you go through, even though at the moment you may not see it. But I guarantee you with all my heart, there will be a positive that comes out of it if you choose to find it. That's right. And if you, were, and if you work in the authority of your perception, if you start self-reflecting and changing some things around you, if you start looking at who you are and changing the things that are undesirable and, and truly tapping into your, your inner being, it will change everything around you. It will empower you to get out of a bad situation, bad relationship. It will empower you to go for that job, that that dream job that everyone says, oh, you're not being, oh, no, you can't get that. It will empower you to go back to school, to strengthen yourself, to strengthen your children. It will empower you in ways that you could not imagine. Like I said, I pinch myself all the time, and I say this all the time, I pinch myself. I'm doing what? I'm in medical school. I dreamt about doing that since I was, what, five or six years old? My goodness. And here I am doing it. Before, you couldn't tell me that I could do it. You have six children is what I heard. There's no way. But guess what? Those six children are my catalyst. They're the the thing that's pushing me to get it done. So it's all about the way you look at things. It's all about your perception. Exactly. I really, really, uh, I'm proud of you. I don't even know you that well, but I'm extremely proud of you that you've been through what you've been through with six kids, 
much, you know, much less my two. I had two sons. And I'm like six kids and going through all that and then going to school and being a life coach and being a motivational speaker, you are a dynamic, total epitome of self-empowerment. You really are. Thank you. I appreciate that, Lene. Thank you so much. Yeah, you are like the walking, living, breathing example of self-empowerment. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I, and I hope that I impact people. I hope that I impact people in the way that they need to be impacted so that their lives are more fulfilling, more productive, so that they're working in their purpose. That is my goal. Right. That is right. my goal. And awesome. that brings me to, my, to, to thoughts, the T in, in perception. You have your thoughts. Your thoughts can make or break you. Your thoughts can create barriers in your life. So some questions to ask yourself is, are your thoughts creating a barrier in your life? What is driving you to do whatever it is that you're doing at this point in time? Is it fear? Is it confidence? Is it stress? Is it hope? What is fueling you? What is it in your mind that's fueling you to do whatever it is that you're doing now? Your thoughts are very powerful. Your thoughts actually manifest before your words do. So whatever you think, you have to think it up first before it comes out of your mouth. And if what's coming out of your mouth is something negative, you need to go back to your thoughts and rewire your thought processes. Because you have to, you hear your words before they come out of your mouth. You think those words before they come out of your mouth. You can't speak something that you're not thinking. So your thoughts are very, very, very important. It ties in with your positivity and your consciousness. If you're busy working on making sure that you're being positive, you become more conscious about everything that's going on with you and about what's fueling you to continue in whatever it is that you're doing or that's fueling you or giving you that drive to excel above and beyond, or that's limiting you from getting to where you need to be. So your thoughts are very essential. Right, right. Very good, very good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go through the other letters. There's only three left, and yes. we're, we've got a little more extra time. So once you get through these other three letters, I think um, I might throw some more questions or have a little more conversation about all of this because I think it's extremely important for so many women to hear this. Okay. And so I'm going to go through them. Intentions, your I. Earlier I talked about, oh, I'm going to get to that part. Here it is, your intention. You have to reflect on self and look at, are you a person with good intentions? Because having good intentions are going into something without an agenda per se, it gives you the upper hand. It allows life to unfold in front of you and for you not to be hurt by the things that may come your way and for you to embrace the positive things or the good things that come your way. So you have to really reflect on your intentions. It's the type of attitude. If you have good intentions, it's the type of attitude that makes you 
more accepting of life and all that life may bring to you. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're someone with not so good intentions or you come with an agenda, it just makes life more hard, hard to tolerate. It makes it more difficult to tolerate because manipulation simply does not work. It may appear that it's working for the moment, but when you have an agenda in all that you do and you come in with an ill will or with ill intentions, then that just backfires on you. Right. The O, right. the O is for options. What are your options in life? Do you see beyond the walls of your home? Do you see beyond where you are? What options are there? Are you conscious enough to even recognize that you have options? Are your thoughts limiting you from seeing your options? Are you using excuses to prevent you from exercising your rights to use the options that are available to you? These are very important questions to ask yourself. What options are there in life for you? And the N, which is a final one, is now. You have to act now. You have to change your perception if it's limiting you and preventing you from working in your authority. If it's preventing you from getting to where you need to be, you have to change it now. You have to work in your God-given authority. You have to keep your perception positive. And you have to remember that there is an authority in how you view the world. Your worldview is going to determine where you're going to be in life at any given point. So that is the tool that I developed. It is, it is an idea, it is a model that defines your authority, the authority of your perception. It presents questions of self-reflection, very difficult questions that people may try to avoid asking themselves, but it's necessary questions in order to get the best out of a person or a best out of self. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share this model with your audience. Oh, most definitely. This is very, very good. I actually have, I've written four books, and um, one of them talks about the, I use acronyms of awareness. And mm-hmm. so the acronym thing, thing totally fits for me. It, it helps other people as well. Mine isn't 10 uh, letters long, but mine are fear, anxiety, denial, and ego. And those four things keep you from being self-empowered and keep you from living your purpose. And then if you look at what each one of those letters, those words start with, fear is F, anger is A, denial is D, and ego is E. So F-A-D-E. Once you overcome those four things, those negative things in your life will fade and you can live your life's purpose. And so that's what I do with my acronyms. Mm, that's beautiful. I actually wrote, yeah. wrote that down. Very beautiful. And what's the name of that book, Lene? Well, I have um, – that book actually has – is in the book called Illusions of Wisdom. Illusions of Wisdom. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then I have – my other book is called The ABCs of Self-Realization. And there's 26 topics for, for each letter in the alphabet about Mm self-realization. 
So yeah, those are two of the four books I've written. But yeah, um, I wanted to go back to yours because I think it was the R in perception that you used. You said reasoning. And I think, isn't that the same letter that you said about rationalizing? Well, yeah, that's that's the one that we talked about, rationalization, correct, reasoning oh, and rationalization. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're rationalizing irrational behaviors. Right, right. And let me explain what I learned about rationalization, which is really a really good thing to know. You might want to... Um, explain this to when you're doing life coaching because it really makes sense. If you take the word rationalize and you uh-huh. split it up, you put you can split it this way, R-A-T-I-O-N, that's re- rationing or rationing, right? Uh-huh. Ration a lie. So mm. what you're doing is you're, you're rationing out lies. You're giving lies out to people, to yourself, to your mind. When you're rationalizing things, you're not being true to yourself. You're not being real with yourself. You're rationing out lies. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make perfect sense. Yes, it does make perfect sense. One of the things, one of the things that I'm, and and just to, to, that just came to mind, is sitting in a, an unhealthy relationship and being told over and over, you're going crazy, you're going crazy, you're going crazy. And and my abuser spent time moving things, relocating things in the house and doing all kinds of very deceptive things to actually try to convince me that I was going crazy. He tried to convince me that I was going crazy. And in response to that, what I would constantly tell myself is, I am not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. So here he is trying to rationalize that I am crazy. And here I am fighting back saying, I know I'm not crazy. And I would even say it aloud. I'd be walking through that. I know I'm not crazy. I know I experienced what I said I experienced. And that was a part of the cycle as well. So if anyone tells another person that they're crazy and that that person is sitting in amidst or or in their presence, so I'm going crazy, but you're here with me, then something is wrong with that picture. Because now you're forcing yourself to rationalize being with this individual. Right. So do you see how the rationalization works both ways? Right. Because it makes yeah. you lie to yourself about why you're being here. You make all kinds of excuses of why you should stay together. And it's not fun. It kind of totally no. damages your entire body as well. Because when you have so much denial and so much, you know, codependency and so much being in a victim stance, in life, you become a victim. All those Mm -hmm. things affect the biochemical makeup of your body. And that's why your body gets so sick. You get kidney failure, you get gallstones, you get, you know, pneumonia and bronchitis and, you know, all kinds of physical ailments because your body is acting out the emotional stuff that you can't handle or that you're not facing. 
And then finally when you get out and you start to reflect, you realize, and your body adjusts, your body is very forgiving. Once you get out, you realize the physical effects that it has on you. I would suffer with laryngitis probably once every three months. I can't tell you the last time I had laryngitis. You know, it was physically affecting me. My children were even more sick. The children were sick. I can't tell you the last time I took a child to the doctor. They may get cold here and there, but they're not as sick as they were before. We're not doing the ear infections and the throat infections because their immune defenses are down. So absolutely, but once you get out, you feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. I have to to tell you a true story about my situation. I was married to this abusive alcoholic for 17 years. And when I finally got the tenacity to leave him, it was one of the hardest things I did, but it was one of the best things I did. And within five years after leaving him, I married my second husband. And I'm telling you, when I was married to him, I was only married to him for literally 11 months. And during that 11 months, I got bronchitis, I got pneumonia, I had tonsillitis, I had what is called urticaria. It's a um, skin condition. Not a, yeah, it's a skin. You're smart. It's a skin condition. Yep. Mm-hmm. And itching, I'm itching, you, itching, so, right? Lots of itching? Yeah. Well, it looked like a cat had scratched me on all different parts of my body, and it would go away, you know, and it would come back, and it would be on my face and on my arms and on my chest. And I'm like, this kid at work used to go, oh, where is it today? And I'm like, how embarrassing that he, you know, they would notice. And it's just, it's symptomatic, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I, I left this man. I mean, he was a good man, but I knew I wasn't in my deepest soul. I knew I should not have married him. And so because I had all these illnesses that did not allow me to speak my words and speak my mind because I didn't want to hurt him. And so that's why I got tonsillitis and bronchitis. You basically can't speak when you have those things. And so I left him. And I'm telling you, uh, Monique, when I left him within less than, well, the first two months I left him, I lost 20 pounds. And in total, like in total, seriously, um, within less than eight years, around eight years, I, no, that would have been around six years, I lost a total of 100 pounds. Wow. And I'm only five feet tall, Monique. I'm only five feet tall. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my (laughs) So, wow. So what I, what I gather from that is one of your defense mechanisms was eating. You were eating yeah. and, prob- and probably even the medications that you were taking, you know, contributed to all this weight gain. Oh, my goodness. A hundred pounds? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. And you know what? I weigh, I weigh almost the same weight that I weighed in 1989. This is the first time in my life I've been this, quote, small, and I'm not even small, but 
I just, this is what I looked like in 1989, and I'm so excited. I'm like, thank God, I never thought I'd look like that again. <laughs> oh, wow, that is amazing. That is so amazing. Yeah, I should put before and after pictures on my website. People would freak out probably. <laughs> you know what? I, I bet you the, the, the people who are caught in the relationships that they are and they have that physical picture, it will yeah. so, so, so encourage them to move out because that's one of the things we ladies worry about, our weight. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I can tell you that, that I, can, I can appreciate that story, and I would appreciate the before and after picture. Why not? All right, well, I'll put it on there then. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, you're telling me my waistline's going to be two sizes smaller if I leave this guy? Why not? Um, <laughs> or this girl? girl. Why not? <laughs> girl, I used to, my goodness, I used to wear the biggest sizes you could find. And oh, wow. I wear um, the size pants that I wear now are the pants that I wore before I even had my children. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness so happy. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. And I'm pretty sure you're more energetic and, and healthier right where you are right now, right? Yeah. Well, I do have diabetes, um, but mm-hmm. I am, it is in control and I'm doing, you know, I lost a lot of weight because of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, my mom died in um, 2008. She died on March 4th. So it was just two days ago. She died seven years ago on March 4th, and she was only 68, and she had diabetes, and she had a heart attack from that. And the minute I found out five weeks after she died that I have diabetes, and Monique, I lost 40 pounds within four months because it scared me so bad. Right. right. And and that 40 pounds was part of my 100, so. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, here I am. I'm at a, this is a medical side of me coming out. <laughs> yeah. um, through, through controlling your weight, you will definitely be able to control your blood sugars. So that's, yeah. that's actually a very, it's, it's a win-win for you all the way. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a win-win for you all the way. Because, see, I'm not going to die when I'm 68. That's only um, actually 12 years away from now. I don't want to die when I'm 68 like my mom did. She she could have lived for another 30 years if she would have taken care of herself, and she didn't. Right. You know, and 68 is way too young to die. So Absolutely. We're on the 100-year plan. Yeah, there you go. We have to see generations to come. <laughs> We're yeah. not checking out before then. Sorry. <laughs> no, I have I have grandbabies. I have two grandsons who I love. They are my life, and I want to see them grow up. I want to go to their wedding. You know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big part of why you are where you are right now. Yeah. Where exactly. You, where you're working in your purpose so that that you can guarantee that for your grandchildren because ultimately that's what counts is family, is self and family. That's what really counts. And that's right. It's important that you take care of yourself. It's important that you change things that you can change and leave those things that you can't change alone. Yeah. You know the you know the serenity prayer, don't you? No, share it with me. Oh, my gosh. My mom taught me this and my sister this when we were five years old. And Mm -hmm. if God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can change, cannot change, 
um, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, yes, I've heard that before. You know what? Yeah. I need to definitely meditate on that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing because you think that you can change everything, and in reality, you cannot. But the only thing you can change, the only thing you have, this is a cute story. i got to tell you this. Mm-hmm. When my kids were little, I taught them that same prayer, and I always told them that they have complete tr- control over nothing except their attitude. And I said, mm-hmm. if you change your attitude, you can get through anything with your friends at school, anything. And so one day my kids were fighting, and back in those days, Nintendo was really the popular video game. And because mm-hmm. my kids are 32 and 31 years old now. <laughs> and so they were playing Nintendo and they were fighting about it. And I looked at them. They were both sitting on the floor. And if anybody knows me, um, I have really big eyes. I got them from my mom and my grandma. And so my oldest son also has really big eyes. And he's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And so both my kids are gorgeous. But um, so they're sitting on the floor fighting. And I look down at them and I go, you guys, I go, what did I tell you is the most important thing that you have control over? And Josh, my oldest son, looks up at me, up at me with those big eyes, and he goes, Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> now that, that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> Nintendo. Oh <my. laughs> He's like, he asked me the question, Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kids say the darnest thing. That is for real. They say the very, very darnest thing. <laughs> so what's your attitude, son? Not Nintendo. <laughs> and he did. He was a Nintendo champion, but I'm telling you. <laughs> That didn't stop the fighting, and I'm like, you guys, you guys love too, you guys love each other too much. You can't fight. You're the only brother you guys have. You only have each other. Don't fight. You know. Right. So it was so funny. I just died laughing. <laughs> Nintendo. He said. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> That's how he got is- me to let him watch Hulk Hogan wrestle when he was six years old. He goes, I go, why do you want to watch wrestling? And he goes, he goes, because Hulk Hogan likes God. Oh, he, oh, and he knew, he knew that was dropping my heart. So I let him watch yes. wrestling half an hour every week. Oh, Saturday mornings, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> That is funny. That is and he funny. Always, he always, always used those big eyes to try to convince me of anything. He would just do those puppy dog eyes, you know, and I'd be like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, children, they're, they're something. They are, they are something. That is funny. Oh yeah. That is- I just had to throw a little humor in there because this topic we've been talking about is pretty dense and pretty dense. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Yeah. It's deep. It's, yeah, it is. It's very heavy. It's very heavy yeah. stuff. But if there's any glimmer of hope that we can we can offer is that children rebound. 
they they re, they rebound and they do well if they have the right example around them, and our children relies on us to be able yeah. to set those examples. Would it would it be okay if I ask you how old your children are? Oh, sure, that's perfectly fine. I have a 16 year old who's actually getting ready to go off to college in a few months. I'm like, oh, you're leaving me. Oh my wow. goodness. Yeah, he's 16. Um, my the next one is nine. I have stepping wow. stones there on nine, seven, five, four, and well, he'll be he'll be three before long. But he's two right now. Two. Oh. So I have little stepping stones. Oh my goodness! And so are these all boys, girls? One girl. The five-year-old is the one girl, and then the rest oh. are boys. I give you so much credit. I don't think I'd have the energy to do it. (laughs) You know what? Prayer, prayer, prayer. Your diet, prayer, structure. Those are the main things. Prayer is the number one thing, though. And I and I watch what they eat, and then also I make sure that their their diet that that I keep structure for them. Yeah. I keep structure, structure, structure. Super important. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful topic. You guys, you are amazing, and I am so glad. I just, you know, people sometimes ask me, where do you get your guests that come on your show? And I literally picked them off the Internet, and I found you on LinkedIn, and I'm like, I am so glad I found you. You and I have so, so much in common, and I really, really want to get to know you better. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will definitely keep in touch. You know, you can always, you have my number. You can yeah. always email me. I am here. I'm here to help. That's what, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here not only to help, uh, help women who, who have uh, gone through domestic violence who are who are in a domestic violence situation, I'm here for all women, professional women, every type of woman that, that is here and confused about where they are, where they want to be, or that simply want to just give themselves that boost that they need to get to that higher level. So I'm right. here. This is not just a simple phone call. This right. is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. Right. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And Monique, I want to know, um, if anybody wanted to contact you directly to get help, how would they contact you? There are several ways that they can contact me. Um, You can contact me by visiting my website. The page is currently under construction, but there is an email me button that you can press, and you can email me directly. It's routed straight to my email. Um, And that website is Monique Henry. Dot com. That's M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-H-E-N-R-Y. So it's MoniqueHenry.com. You can also reach me um, directly via telephone, and that number is 855-962-7550. Once again, that's 855-962-7550, and that is a toll-free number. So wherever you are, you can call me directly. Um, you can email me, like I said, via the website, or you can write my email address down. It's coach.monique, that's C-O-A-C-H, dot 
Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, at yahoo.com. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. Um, I have an About Me page, which you can access by going to About Me and, and searching my name. Um, you can look look me up on Twitter. I actually deactivated my Twitter account, and I recently made the decision to re, reactivate it just so that I can access or people can have access to me who needs my help. But my Twitter handle is at Monique Henry 15 and the one is for the one girl and the five is for the five boys. <laughs> so it's at Monique Henry 15 um, feel free to contact me that way. Uh, I have tons of different things out there. I have several blogs uh, that you can visit, thebreakupclub.blog.com. You can visit moniquehenry.blogspot.com. And wow. you can see some of my inspirational work that helped, that has helped people and that continues to help people to grow and before long, um, one of the things that I plan to launch within the next couple of weeks is my YouTube channel so that people can actually have a face to go along with the voice that they that awesome. they hear and with the words that they see that I've written. Awesome. So Google me awesome. and look me up. But yeah. Feel free to contact me if you need my, my help. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I'm offering your audience, Lene, is a free 30-minute uh, consultation. Give me a call. I'll sit with you at no charge to you for 30 minutes, and we can talk about whatever it is that we're going that we need to work on for yourself. That is, you know, give me a call. I I don't mind sharing 30 minutes of my time to as many callers as you as you have, as many people in the audience that would like a life coach, someone to get them to that place in their life that the athletes are in their performance. So feel free to give me a call, a free 30-minute consultation for everyone. Wonderful. Extremely wonderful. I am so honored to have you on my show. And I'd like in the future possibly to have you on the show again because, you know, after a few months, people forget some of the things that were said during this conversation. And maybe there will be new people who have come to be my listener who have not heard you yet. So I would like to have you on again in a, in a couple months possibly and, and uh, do this again. Absolutely. I'm honored to, to accept that invitation. Thank you for the invitation, Lene. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and, and sharing with you the things that I have come to realize in life that may be beneficial to tons of people. Thank you so much. You are very, very welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And listeners, thank you for listening. I hope something in this uh, interview impacted your life. If it did, please contact me. My website is lenaestjohn.com. It's L-E-N-E-S-T-J-O-H-N.com. And you can write me at lenae, L-E-N-E, at lenaestjohn.com. Or you can click the contact me button on my website as well because as those who have listened to me know, I too am a life coach and motivational speaker. If anybody needs anybody 
to speak at their company or their organization or if they just need a life coach person one-on-one, if they need workshops done, contact me. I'd be more than happy to um, talk to you and, and help out whoever needs the help as well. So again, Monique, thank you so much for being part of the show. You have a great day. And thank you, listeners. Stay tuned next week. We have another great guest coming up. God bless you all. Take care. Bye, Monique. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lene. You're welcome.